participating in this meeting remotely via video conference, and they are participating in the same extent as if they were physically present. Public comment will be available for each item on the agenda. For members of the public who wish to make public comment, the phone number to use is 415-655-0001. The access code is 146-438-6457. You may address the board hands per agenda item for up to two minutes. Item number one, call to order. Director Kwan. You might be on mute, Director Kwan. My apologies, can you hear me now? Yes, thank you. Uh, Director Sen. Here. Director Richardson. Uh, present. Thank you. And for the record, Director Prochnik is also on the line and we do have a quorum. Item number two, general public comment. This item is to allow members of the public to address the sustainability committee on matters that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the committee and that do not appear on today's agenda. In addition to general public comment, public comment will be held during each item on the agenda. And seeing no callers, public comment is closed. Item number three. Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design, Neighborhood Development Update. Thank you, uh, directors. Um, for this item, uh, Aaron Welch, uh, who is uh, leading the lead effort for the developer, will uh, give an update on the leadership, lead, in, uh, neighbor, lead for neighborhood design efforts. Thanks, Bob. Um, do you have the presentation up there or do I need to pull it up here and share my screen? If you can pull it up by sharing your screen, that would be best. Okay. Give me one sec. Uh, while you're doing that, Aaron, um, just a welcome to you. You've been following this project since its inception. So we're glad to hear from you again. Thanks. Well, I'm glad to be here. Um, and I know I talked to you all. Um, I know, Faye, you were there. Um, uh, Ike, uh, Director Kwan, Director Sen. And then last year we talked, um, I think Director Richardson and Prochnik, I don't, don't know if you were there or not. Um, so some of this may be review uh, a little bit, but I also wanted to give uh, an update sort of uh, review to catch everybody up, but also a little bit of uh, new information for some things that have, that have changed since then, um, and then open it up for, for discussion. And um, I think it was actually a year ago, like a year and a day ago when I was looking at the presentation that I last presented to the board sustainability um, committee. So uh, some of you may remember some of this material. Really what I want to do is just give an overview of where we've been, what's happened so far in terms of the overall sustainability planning and performance. Um, and then talk a little bit about where we're working on now and what's next in the effort. Uh, and then as I did last time, open it up for suggestions and ideas that the, um, that the development team can be thinking about as we move into implementation. One big thing that's changed since we last talked is implementation has moved forward significantly. And so not only infrastructure, but also vertical development has really taken off. Um, and so it's an exciting time to actually be looking at what this is gonna mean on the ground physically and um, in reality as it comes out of the ground. Um, so go to my next slide. And I've probably got about you know 15 minutes here and then we can have some some discussion. Everybody can see this okay, what I'm sharing? Yes. Great. Um, I'm in my garage office, as you can see. Like my kids picked me out and moved me down here. So this is where I work now. Um, so here's here's what's happened so far. Um, and again, I know this is review for a couple of you, but for others it may be somewhat new information um, just to get us all up to speed. The sustainability performance in the island 
doesn't just didn't just come out of thin air. We didn't just sort of create a lead checklist and then submit it. It really is based in a lot of the work that has occurred to date. And as uh, um, Director Sen said, uh, going all the way back to the design for development, I, I actually worked a little bit on this with Perkins and Will, you know, 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago. Um, a lot of the requirements and the design and the the district-wide sustainability performance is actually built into the design for development and the requirements for development. Um, so it's not just a, like a attack on at the end, it's actually built into the transportation, into the reuse strategy, into the historic reuse strategy, um, sea level rise, et cetera. So this is what a lot of it comes from. There was a sustainability plan that even predated that um, and informed the design for development. Um, as I'll say at the end of the presentation, there might be opportunities to revisit this 15 years later and see what there is that could still be gleaned from it. And then there were sustainability obligations in the development agreement that came out of the entitlements um, that were also uh, are bound to. And so this is just the first page of those development agreements that you see in front of you. It's a series of categories, um, land use, transportation, et cetera. But you'll see the very first item, number one under land use says that the project needed to commit to achieving gold certification under um, lead for neighborhood development. Um, and so that was a requirement. It wasn't optional with a good faith to achieve platinum. And as I'll, as I'll say, we actually achieved platinum, which was more than we were required to do. Uh, there is a series of other uh, plans, most of which you all know about. Um, the habitat management plan, uh, transportation improvement plan, stormwater infrastructure and the housing plan, all of which we referenced when we were um, sketching out the overall sustainability performance for Treasure Island and Yerba Buena Island. And then here, just to fast forward, when we rolled that all up into one, is the, the Treasure Island, Yerba Buena Island uh, uh, lead for neighborhood development checklist. And these, this is the, these are the points we got. These are the, the topics we um, got credit for in our certification. I won't go through every single one, and I'll, but I'll, I'll, I'll break it down into some different categories next. But the, the big picture is um, the project did well in all three categories. Um, so lead, I'll call it lead ND. That's short for neighborhood development. It's the neighborhood scale, district scale lead system, as opposed to the building systems. Um, and that is what we we got certification under for the whole island. So the first category, smart location and linkage is around things like infill development, um, building on previously developed sites, um, avoiding wetlands and um, sea level rise, flooding, avoidance, et cetera. That's location, neighborhood pattern design is around urban design, walkability, building placement, public space design. And then the third category, green infrastructure and buildings is around some, what you would, more conventionally think of as green building categories like energy efficiency in buildings, water efficiency in buildings, but also some, some more district scale things that don't show up in the building system, such as infrastructure energy efficiency or um, stormwater performance over the whole island. And these are things that sometimes get lost when you just look at a building individually, but in terms of the overall performance for the island, um, it's accounted for. And we did well in that category too. So what's unique about this project um, is that it scored well in all three categories. Sometimes I'll work on projects that are good on location, but don't do as much with green building or the location is not as ideal, but do well in green building. This project did well in all of them. And it ended up being, um, when we certified it, and I think still today, the highest scoring and largest lead ND project in the whole world and in the whole country. Um, I need to double check my stats on that, but I think that still, that still is the case. So it's a very significant achievement that the project um, was able to do and uh, the platinum certification is something to be proud of. So now we're moving into the realm of, of how do we make it happen and ensuring that it happens on the ground. Um, I'm gonna break it down a little bit more. In, this is how like the the lead checklist works when we submit it for documentation. But in terms of how we think about it when we're implementing it with the development team, um, I like to break it down in a few different ways. Um, 
so we know what we really need to track versus what's just uh, kind of baked into the site plan. So these credits that I have on the on the um, screen right now, these are all ones that I, I view as really inherent to the project. Um, the project, as it's required to be developed, will achieve these. We you know we almost couldn't miss them if we tried. Um, so things like the infill location, the existence of the parks and open space, the block size, the mix of uses with housing, um, retail services, et cetera, the diversity of housing types, the affordable housing requirement, which you get bonus points for in LEED. Um, those are all required, the density, the climate adaptation, reuse of historic buildings, and then the brownfield remediation, much of which already occurred through the Navy um, remediation effort habitat preservation. So these are all things that uh, we're getting credit for because of the wonderful um, central location and inherently compact, walkable, sustainable site and design we have with affordable housing. And um, it's not to, it doesn't underplay them to say that they're just built into the site plan and we will achieve these no matter what we do. And they're really foundational to the sustainability performance. So next, um, I like to split it up and this is this helps the project team and the, the different disciplines and team members who are working on this stuff. I like to split it up according to horizontal and vertical. Um, let me move my cursor here because I can't see. There we go. Um, so some of the vertical things that we're really tracking right now that we do have to pay attention to as we're moving into horizontal infrastructure development. Things like the stormwater management goal. Um, it's it's again kind of flowing out, no, no pun intended, it's flowing out of the stormwater plan and requirements for the whole island. Um, but that needs to be looked at, infrastructure energy efficiency, what, what fixtures are selected, et cetera. Um, wastewater treatment, um, which is another thing that has advanced since we last, last spoke, um, that the design and construction of the wastewater treatment plan uh, plant is moving forward. And then other things like location of street trees, sidewalks, the exact characteristics of the potential urban farm that will be out there, speed limits, transit stops, um, outreach and education, which I'll talk about in, in a little bit, uh, the transportation demand management efforts. These are all things that are happening really at the horizontal kind of site-wide level um, for, the whole, for the whole island, not just being broken up by the vertical building by building development. And so there are things we're, we're tracking and have distributed a whole list of specifications to the different subs and team members working on development um, through TIDG, through the development group um, to, to track these things. But that's the horizontal. The vertical gets into buildings. And this is another thing that's shifted a little bit since we last spoke is there are multiple buildings that are um, going through the design and entering into the construction process. Um, but things like building energy efficiency, water efficiency, but also outdoor water efficiency of landscaping in both public spaces and private spaces, roofing, um, what's another one? The actual selection of unit sizes, parking requirements, building facades. Um, these are all happening at the building level. And so the way to work with these is to ensure that the building teams, the actual architecture of the buildings is incorporating these, re these requirements. And so we begin there's this big umbrella certification, but these components we've spun off to the architecture teams to make sure they are implemented. Um, there are a number of topics that you might be familiar with in the lead building systems, such as a lot of the materials requirements around like local renewable recycled materials for buildings, indoor air quality, building commissioning. These are not actually the lead ND is silent on these so our, our actual certification and requirements are silent on those components and we don't have requirements dictated to us through our certification this is just just a reminder that it's a it's a big picture certification and some of the building details it doesn't get into um yeah so that's a that's like i know it's kind of a whiz bang two or through but i didn't each of these credit components we could have a discussion about and they're all interesting in their own right. Um, but it's very multidisciplinary and uh, cross-cutting. Uh, I just wanted to give you a, a quick overview of, of like what it was we're doing 
and continuing to do to, to get the platinum certification. In terms of what's next, um, obviously the most pressing is to make sure we actually deliver on those lead ND commitments and make sure that the project as it's built can be confirmed and get the final certification when it's ready for habitation. Uh, but also I think there's an opportunity now as we move into implementation and we've been talking with um, TIDA and TIDG about this to continue to explore and refine our sustainability strategies. Um, some of them may contribute to our lead ND score and some may not. Some just may be the right thing to do or may be interesting or exciting. And I think this is where it, it relates to the purview of this committee around sustainability that there are creative ideas um, to think about, encourage um, as we get into implementation and now is the time to be thinking about those. So I mentioned that obviously the building level performance, that's a, something that has really come to the fore and um, ensuring that those buildings, uh, most of them on Treasure Island are pursuing Greenpoint rated. Um, some may be pursuing lead on Yerba Buena Island or Treasure Island, and that is gonna be a mix for the different buildings that are going vertical, but whatever they pursue, there are certain baselines for energy and water that lead ND that our, sort of our neighbor or district-wide certification requires them to achieve. So we're, we're trying to make sure that those are passed to each architecture team and those flow down into the design regardless of what final um, lead or Greenpoint rated certification level they achieve. A lot of this because we're in California also with CalGreen is, um, where we, it goes pretty far towards meeting these. Um, so some of the building level requirements are easier here than like if, if this project was in another state. Um, and so that's just a benefit of being in California. Most people are used to doing it. A second like, big effort I think that has come to the fore that I know that um, TIDG is working on very intimately is the transportation plan and understanding how that's gonna be phased in and exactly what's gonna be happening, but the, getting ferry service up and running and then looking at the possibility of an electric ferry that um, has a, a dock either on one side or both sides with battery power and actually being uh, electrical and how soon that could occur, what the technology is. It could be a really great application because it has such a short crossing distance. Um, and so I know that the, um, both TIDA and then the, the management authority are, are looking at options for that, as well as just the, the bike and pet facilities, transit and the island shuttle, bike share, et cetera, so that when people start living here, coming here, I think it'll be a tourist destination, but, you know, visiting here, there's a really great car-free environment to enjoy. The third category where I think this committee could be thinking and, um, that the, again, TIDA and the development group, I've, I've told them the same thing. <laughs> um, I think there's a really wonderful opportunity for Treasure Island to be uh, this term, a living laboratory or an actual sort of living exhibit of what is a best practice in sustainability. And oftentimes the sustainability stuff gets, it's not visible, it's buried, it's you know happening in a building that has high energy performance, but you don't know it. But I think there's a really wonderful opportunity here to make it as public as possible, as visible as possible, and really program it and find partners that will help you program it um, in, in doing so. So for instance, um, the Treasure Island Museum, they're having a little exhibit on, on sea level rise that they've been working on. And I've been coordinating with them on that a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to do a, a a quick talk, like lecture or talk for them around the island's sustainability performance as part of the exhibit next summer. But they're really publicizing some of the exciting sea level rise adaptation efforts um, as part of their exhibit. And then as things go back kind of live and in person, I think they would continue to look, be looking for exhibits that could be around sustainability. And they obviously have an interest in the island, but there's other folks in the rest of the city um, Oh, there's one Treasure Island, obviously, but we, uh, so like Director Kwan at Cal Academy of Sciences, where he's got connections, or the Exploratorium, Save the Bay, Baykeeper, um, the Homeowners Association. I think there are all these 
groups out there that are looking for exciting ways to get out into the community and actually have displays or exhibits or um, you know satellite locations. And I think what you have here is a lot of a lot of land and a lot of new area to be thinking about how you're going to program that. Maybe you have a rotating exhibit. Um, there's a lot that could be done with installations, demonstration projects, maybe even um, you know renewable energy demonstration projects. Aligning all this with the signage plan so that when people walk around and see what's happening at the, at the island, it's not, you know, it, it has history, but it also has uh, explanation of the sustainability performance. So this, you know, this is a whole category that you could go very deep on and that I'm personally very excited about, but I think this is the time to be thinking about it. I mentioned renewable energy. Um, so whether, you know, solar and wind are the most proven and common, but things like battery storage are really coming on. Um, and again, the island is a place where perhaps you, you know, pull in someone. We live, we're, we're right near Silicon Valley, where a lot of the best battery storage technology is being developed. And maybe you have a spot where they can test it out for power for one of your buildings. Um, I think there's a lot of really exciting opportunity for coordination on renewable energy production. I mentioned wastewater reuse. That's probably the more most advanced topic uh, in terms of the planning occurring, but that's a big one. Um, and then making, when you reuse material, when you really, when you do anything related to sustainability, making it visible, it might not like increase your score on a lead checklist, but I think making sure that people can see what it is you're doing and you have all this really interesting material out there and reused tanks, pilings, stumps, you know, rubble, is there a way you can pull all that into the actual design? And I know some of the landscape architects have been thinking about options for that, but I think that's a really nice one to make it visible instead of invisible. Here's like here's an example of a rendering CMG did with some reused Bay Bridge steel um, for how it could be used in a park. Uh, and then I'll close with this, just the other kind of what's next is, is really keeping an eye on the coordination. It's, it's a big complicated project and so Everybody's heart is in the right place with trying to get these lead ND commitments done and completed. Um, but it really does require commitment on, you know, with making sure I'm paying attention, but also that the development group, TIDA, is tracking the commitments. They're coming from various places, providing technical assistance when it's needed, making sure that our, our final certification for the project is on track, and then maybe also revisiting that that original sustainability plan and seeing if there are details that could be worked out now that we're moving into implementation. So I'll close there. I know I went through a lot of material, but um, hopefully that, that gets you all up to speed with where we are and some of the things that the opportunities we have. And I'm open as are, I'm sure Bob and others on, on the call to a discussion amongst the committee, other ideas you have that we should be tracking, concerns, questions, and we'll, answer them to the best of our ability. Uh, Aaron, if I could just pay you the, the compliment. I mean, achieving platinum lead is at this scale is just fantastic. It is really, really impressive. Um, you know, coming from a building that has, uh, you know, a dual platinum lead rating, we're just a, a single building. Uh, but at this scale, it's, it's actually mind blowing. Um, one thing that that's of note, actually, is my, my oldest daughter, who's uh, studying green infrastructure at NYU, wrote a paper on what you're doing over there, independent of me. She didn't tap me for anything. Um, nice. And all that is involved there is is so complex. Um, I think that TI in and of itself will be a learning platform. I, you know, I, I keep thinking like my, my fantasy would be you know, bringing, you know, bringing groups in uh, that want to just sort of study all that has been done and all the, the planning, uh, riding the autonomous vehicle shuttle getting a, a tour and learning more about what's happening over there. Um, I have a, a couple small questions. Um, one is, so bike storage, I noticed that on the lead ratings that there were no points given, but if I understand you correctly, that's not part of the criteria for uh, the lead uh, ND rating. Is that right? Yeah, that one, um, it, it really is no, it's no ding on, I think, what's being designed in the buildings. It's, in my opinion, a, a little bit of a, a bug in the lead ND system where the actual requirement for um, lead ND is very high compared to what the building level rating systems are. 
it's a it's a requirement of one storage space per unit in residential and it's just very very hard to achieve so that's the reason we didn't there is still significant bike storage and a lot of it's required by the city etc um so it's occurring but we just didn't we didn't get the point but that's why oh that's okay um, and so in terms of the, the, the rating itself, is EBOM part of the lead ND, the existing buildings operations and maintenance? Is that part of uh, the review? Um, that would fall under our, our um, credit for lead buildings. And so whether you do EBOM, whether you do the, one of the new construction um, or core and shell systems, they're all designed for a different application. Uh, you it would be counted under that. So we're required to do at least one building just as a prerequisite lead. And then there are bonus points for 10% for 10, 10% of building square footage, 20%, 30%, et cetera. So the more buildings that get either EBOM or core and shell or new construction or lead for homes, the more we would get bonus points. Um, and we haven't counted on a lot of those uh, because we weren't sure and still are not completely sure, but that's where they would show up. Okay. Well, I think the biggest thing I want to say is just a huge congratulations. This has been a very big project for you for over the last decade. Um, at this scale, it is actually mind blowing. Uh, so I can't wait till I can bring my my facilities team uh, and give them a tour of all the work that you guys have done. It's it's amazing. My compliments to you, Bob, as well. Um, this is huge. It is a showcase for the for for the world, really. At this scale, it's just a tremendous feat. So well done. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I, I, I really am serious about like a Cal Academy of Sciences satellite exhibit or, you know, sort of demonstration or that, that kind of stuff I think would be just so fun and interesting. And we have land here and you know, we have programming opportunities and I think we're looking for that activation to happen. We can definitely have conversation. We have some people that are, are pretty good at that stuff. Um, so I will make the connection. Thank you. Yeah. Hello, Eric. Can I make some comments? Please can go I, ahead. Yes. Again, um, I want to echo what uh, Director Kwan just stated. Um, thank you again, Aaron. Um, it's just a wonderful presentation. And my general comment, especially to the public and to people that might be um, tuning in, this is our first sustainability uh, committee. And you know, it, by now, everybody knows around San Francisco, and again, we are going to keep reminding everyone and educating um, all the stakeholders that Treasure Island Yoba Buena Development um, won the Leeds uh, Platinum. On like, this is one of the most important uh, developments uh, in North America, and again, in the world. And so we've been telling everyone, and the sustainability plan, it's a showcase, actually the framework, the measuring of criteria that is letting us know that what the board of directors with the help of our esteemed staff, uh, Bob Beck uh, in particular, and you Aaron, and all the other partners that we have, including uh, the private developer CITD, have actually been looking at this booklet, at this framework, very complex. I can tell the public that we have not only met, but have exceeded uh, the obligations. And let me highlight um, some of the accomplishments that we have. The transportation and infrastructure, which actually outline a very complex uh, sustainable path. I chair the uh, infrastructure and transportation committee. We've done, in fact, even to the micro level of looking at accommodating uh, users of all types. People will not even believe it, including disabled people, including old, incorporating them. And you saw in the transportation a high emphasis on bicycle and transportation pedestrian. And one of the passion of one of our directors, um, you know, Feishen, the public realm, which in any development, a public realm has to be central. That's what is driving a global development, a public realm. We've addressed that. If you, in terms of energy, yes, the old infrastructure that we have right now is gonna be phased out. I know we're having some issues there, 
However, the new infrastructure that we're going to be putting in place is going to, you know, it's comprised of renewable energy, as you mentioned, Aaron, and all the elements of sustainable development. If you look at the Treasure Island plan, there is no other, even in mainland San Francisco, any other plan that even, you know, come close uh, into what we are doing here. In housing, at the end of the day, when we have a full build out, right now we have 25 BMR. I'm very confident that we are going to even exceed that. We have a mixed use and different levels, uh, emphasis on affordable housing for the low, low, low income. We have rental, we have home ownership. And I know that we also have the transition uh, household planning for the pre-DDA tenants. And we are concentrating on that in 2021. That is gonna be on our agenda, how best to really manage that aspect in-house, external, and with um, a partnership with a variety of uh, stakeholders is on that plan. Now, I wanted to ask for some you know, suggestions. I think that um, in our plan, it, we also need to indicate equity and inclusion. Uh, Treasure Island, a measurement, it has to work for development at every level with the help of our director Bob Beck and the help of the uh, commissioners, uh, we, we've been actually making sure that at every level of our development, working with One Treasure Island, is making sure that our workforce development is tied in into the sustainability plan. And so that ought to be fully re, you know, reflected. That's what San Francisco is talking about. We are not only providing all this infrastructure and housing, we're also ensuring that Treasure Island residents are focused and all other uh, San Franciscans can take advantage of what we are doing uh, on Treasure Island. What I would like to suggest in 2021 is that all these FC beats that are going on, that we only know about that, but this commission has a lot of expertise that we can utilize. So, we need to get out once we're able to really do that to help you uh, enable to sell out to educate the public. I know I'm always, you know, I look at my schedule available. We need to be part of that. If you are having exhibits and tours in San Francisco, I think that we also now in 2021 to be going out so we can be part of those ongoing efforts. Uh, regarding transportation, and I think the only things that we hope that the Board of Supervisors uh, will be able to help us with, and we have, and you know, the, the San Francisco County Transportation is doing an outstanding job in looking at all the various options that we will be able to at least resolve how we are going to be funding the extra transportation that we are, you know, planning to bid to the island. And again, thank you so much. Is that we have not only met, but we have exceeded. And uh, we're just starting. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Thank you. Quickly, Aaron, would you mind uh, to stop sharing your screen? We have a request from the TV. Yes. Thank you. Hello. Um, I would like to make a comment, if I may, Ike. Um, yes. So um, thank you so much, Aaron. You know, we're so proud of that lead platinum designation for the plan. And as you pointed out, um, this was for the plan, which was adopted in 2011, almost a decade ago. And since then, I'm sure technologies have changed. You know, maybe even some scientific thinking has changed on how we um, how we become more sustainable. And I would like to use the sustainability committee as a forum where we can explore some of those issues and, and go through to what we need to do to update the plan. Um, so um, maybe we can note that um, as for future committee um, meetings to, because now, especially on Zoom, you can bring in leading experts from all different fields uh, to, to discuss with us um, issues of concern. But, um, but I, I do note um, that it is a plan that we got the lead platinum for. We now have to execute. 
we now have to implement. And we have to make sure that the sustainability measures that we had in the plan are actually carried forward. Um, so that's up to us as TIDA to make sure that that is done. Um, I have a question, and that is, it, um, are the buildings, the vertical development, the buildings that are being built on Yerba Buena Island and Treasure Island, uh, are there requirements for those buildings to be lead gold or lead, you know, is there some sort of standard that we're holding the developments, uh, the, the housing that is going to be built, um, are there, is there a standard applied to them? Um, I can take a stab at it, or and Bob, you also could. Do you want me to start, or do you want to try that one? Yeah, if you want to start and okay. okay. So yeah, it's it's uh it's not as simple of an answer in my mind as I would like to be able to give you. Um, in terms of what lead ND requires of us, uh, as I said, we're required to have one lead building just in the whole area as a prerequisite, which is going to happen. In terms of the actual topics where we are required to have high performance, there are requirements for building energy and for building water efficiency. And that applies to every building, regardless of what certification they might get. In terms of the actual certification that the buildings get, um, we don't have a requirement on like the level or the, or the type, whether it's LEED versus Greenpoint rated. And then if it is one of those, whether it's gold or platinum or silver, there's it's it's silent on that, and that really is a detail that uh, would come out of Tida or the city. I mean, the city has requirements, for instance, for its buildings, and Greenpoint rated is what they often push people towards. Mm -hmm. um, so, in some ways, that city requirement for new construction is is the most formal requirement on the building actual building level mm -hmm. certification type and and level more so than the lead ND certification. Mm -hmm. That's right. And is there uh, what are the differences between the Greenpoint system and the lead system for buildings, for certification of buildings? What are the differences? Mm -hmm. Are there major differences or is it just a different system for rating? Um, it's, it's a different system. Greenpoint rated is more common in California. Uh, it was developed in a lot of ways to fill a gap in LEED because the original LEED systems were really focused more on office and non-residential construction. Uh, this was before LEED for Homes came about uh, where they were trying to catch up and actually provide a better residential system. But in the meantime, Greenpoint rated came on and it's really good user-friendly and um, a lot of cities have adopted it as, a, as the standard. Um, it's a little easier and more affordable to make it through the, the process. In terms of actual performance level, it's, it is hard to do like a one-to-one -one about if a lead building versus a Greenpoint rated building is higher or lower performing. Um, you know, it kind of depends on what the certification level is within, within them. They have a lot of similar standards and topics around energy, water, uh, et cetera. And so I don't, I don't know if I can really say that there is a um, huge distinction in terms of performance. There are certain categories like lead tends to get a lot into some of the materials into air quality. Um, Greenpoint rated tends to get a little more into um, some of the construction techniques and things like, you know, verifying dry materials and avoiding mold and some of the health type things. Um, Little more customized according in a residential context but it's a it's a it's a tricky it's a it's a very good question because obviously people are constantly choosing between one or the other right um and but, probably working yeah i think um the the point though is that we also have to look at the buildings and um i, I see that kevin kevin is on on the line as well but um bob maybe at a future meeting we would like to have a report on the buildings which are being built or being planned to be built um, on Treasure Island and um, and Yuba Black. How um, are they, you know, how do they compare to the lead standards or the Greenpoint standards? Um, I know the city as a whole has some, you know, measures that they require, 
Um, but I think um, having information as to how the buildings are being built, um, that would be helpful to us. Um, I, I think the more that we can make these buildings sustainable, the better it's going to be you know, for the long term as well. Um, and then finally, I would just say that I'd love the idea of Treasure Island as being a living laboratory. It is just such a wonderful use of, you know, here we are, an island in the middle of the bay, and we are surrounded by wind and the sun and, you know, all the wave action. Um, uh, we can certainly um, document, you know, the transition of the island. We can have installations. We can have demonstration projects. We can have um, certainly signage um, is an education uh, should be part of it because if we hadn't received your report today um, and we're tired of board members, um, we, we would not know all that has been contemplated for the island. And I think that education of the public um, and especially as Treasure Island is transformed, um, it's really important to have those markers, um, those, you know, um, whether it's a field station, you know, whether it's educational programs, whether it's signage, there's much that we can do and we can use Treasure Island as that laboratory. So, so we should be welcoming all these different um, wonderful institutions that we have in San Francisco, including the Academy of Sciences, including the Exploratorium, including, you know, um, uh, I know the Treasure Island Museum is trying to do a website on sustainability. Um, but, but it's a way to bring in the issues of nature and ecology uh, to what we're doing at Treasure Island. And it is my hope that um, we always have an eye on that. Um, and uh, it's sort of the eye on the prize that we, we um, do perform and that we, we are experimental and we are creative in how we might use this incredible site for um, furthering um, the, the research or furthering the types of innovations that can come um, on the on the various issues that affect sustainability. So anyways, um, that's my um, thought on this. And I'm so glad that we are uh, getting the sustainability committee up again. I know we had to, uh, we didn't have meetings during the you know, first part of COVID, it was hard to do, but we can use it in this forum actually to reach out to many different partners um, and also many different experts and bring them uh, to this committee um, and specifically to talk about what we can do to implement and improve Treasure Island. Thank, Thank you. you. And yes, I, I love the idea of a, some sort of in-process snapshot of the buildings as they're, you know, yeah. that's something we could just keep updated, level of performance, key features. I think it's gonna be more and more interesting as more buildings come online to see how they're all shaping up and aligning with some of these goals. So that's a nice suggestion. Yeah. Okay. I think do we have uh, the next item or is there somebody else? I believe uh, Director Prochnik is trying to talk. Are you on mute? <laughs> yes, I was. Sorry, the double oh. mute. Okay, great. <laughs> I had one read off. Hi, everyone, and um, thank you so much, Erin. It's nice to meet you. I, I'm new to the to the board, and I'm thrilled to be part of the team. And I um, I would love to work with you more offline because my background is in renewable energy and um, energy efficiency and transmission planning. So there's a, I have a ton of questions. Um, I want to also echo my huge congratulations for Leeds Platinum um, on such a large scale project. I I just it's tremendous. Um, I have two high level questions to follow up with you on. Um, one. I realize this is 10 years old, but what is your movement on electric vehicle charging stations? Uh, to re let me, can you restate the question? Um, what's the role sure. of I, charging stations? Well, and on a lot of the transportation bullet points, I didn't see electric vehicle charging stations or infrastructure identified. Um, Bob, do you have any updates on electric vehicle charging or, or Kevin? Um, so we, we've, we've had conversations with 
uh, MTA about the prospect of, of having electrical vehicle charging stations on the street. Um, and MTA is not there yet in terms of, of having parking spaces dedicated for, for electric vehicles. Uh, right now, in terms of public vehicle, uh, electric vehicle charging, um, we are planning to incorporate it into the centralized parking garages. Um, and then I believe uh, each of the vertical projects is, is uh, incorporating some amount of electrical vehicle charging. I don't know, Kevin, if you have more detail on, on the, um, the vertical projects. Yeah, we, we are definitely encouraging or including uh, electric charging in the um, residential building parking garages. I actually don't have those uh, those numbers at my fingertips, but I know that we are doing more than the, the minimum required because we see the growth of electric vehicles, you know, accelerating right now. Yep. Okay. But let's, I'd love to dig into those numbers a little bit more with you when you speak offline um, to, to better understand the climate adaptation plan and the, um, the checklist that you use for LEED. Um, I'm, I'd like to learn more about the renewable energy requirements that have been instated by the California Energy Commission and others and how we're meeting those new requirements for solar and wind. Um, so let's talk about that. And then um, the other thing I just wanted to raise is I, I love the idea of education and outreach and how Treasure Island and Buena Vista are becoming a, a model in many ways, but I want us to be sensitive to the community who lives there now and being called a laboratory could be very could be seen as offensive. So maybe we can find another word that could like show the transition that's happening, um, because it, it's a wonderful case study. There's so much to learn. There's so many demo pieces. But I feel like there's a community that lives there now, and has a connection to Treasure Island and Buena Vista. So let's let's reframe our thinking a little. But it's as we transition that it is equitable and it has this inclusive process that really expands and promotes the the variety of benefits that are coming um but it's, it's not something that's just going to happen that's brand new there's a community that's going and living through this whole process which i think could also be part of the shared experience and discovery and great for lessons learned to other communities that want to transition that have you know an existing community there that are going through this process so i, I love to think creatively with everyone about how to how to make it more inclusive and better naming good call good comment and also your, your expertise on the renewable energy is important. I mean, any one of these topics has a deep dive technical aspect and most of them, you know, it can get deep enough where I'm over my head. So, and, and all of us, you know, it's so complicated. So it's really wonderful to have some of the technical expertise and it'd be great to, to talk a little more deeply about it. Can I make a I love everybody. Yes, can I make a comment, Aaron? Yes, please. Yes, please. And with, um, you know, coming from a proportioning and maybe uh, Treasure Island is a maybe laboratory in terms of the overall development, but to accentuate on her reference uh, to the uh, residents of the island, absolutely. I think that's why I mentioned earlier that so many things that Tider is doing uh, for the residents of the island. In, in terms of work uh, for development, uh, allocation of, of several resources. And it's the reason that at every meeting, we invite uh, the stakeholders that we really have firsthand grassroots level, uh, One Treasure Island, YMCA, and all the other to come and speak to the public. And in order for us to be able to uh, educate the public on what we are doing, all of those things needs to be included in our sustainability resource. She's absolutely right. So that people firsthand can see that at every level of this development is that the emphasis of the people on the island and also San Francisco uh, as a whole because Treasure Island is a San Francisco project. And we also have mechanisms in place in terms of education in reaching out all the school district. And I wanna take this opportunity here to invoke uh, our late mayor, Mayor Ed Lee. In fact, the overall vision of Treasure Island is the regional uh, time there. That's why if you look at the sustainability plan earlier on, we have professors from uh, UC Berkeley, from Stanford, from uh, everywhere. And the commission under uh, President uh, Fishen, we even went out outside 
and to state of New York, looking at the best of the best of landscape architects and people to bring in uh, best practices. These are the things that we need to show how we are going about uh, this process here so that when people look at that plan and the updated plan, they will be able to appreciate every level of stuff. So I think it's something that um, I will volunteer to be uh, helpful on that too. And that's why I keep reiterating and bringing all this stuff because at the end of the day, the residents of the island are the focus and we're doing that and needs to keep helping and also concentrating on mainland San Francisco, the other stakeholders in uh, the region for educational purposes, uh, we need to, uh, that's an important observation. Thank you. And if I could also say um, to Julia's comment that equity has always been at the forefront of what we do. We have included in, in every aspect and in terms of uh, working with the groups that are um, furthering those equity issues, including One Treasure Island and YMCA and the school district, um, it's at the forefront. The, the, the laboratory idea is more related to the science and, and to the fact that there can be innovation, you know, and we can be at the forefront of that in, innovation. Um, and so I, um, I would certainly welcome that on Treasure Island is that we, we are a resource um, for not just the island, it's for the city and for the region as well. And there's so much that we can do to um, further sort of the thinking and education around sustainability. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Are there no more comments from directors? Okay, there we do have one caller. I will open the line. Hello, um, Titus Sustainability Committee Board Members, Director Kwan, Bob, and Titus staff. And Kevin, my name is Rebecca Lilienthal Schneer. I'm a board member of the Treasure Island Museum. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to speak representing the Treasure Island Museum today. Um, the museum is perfectly located to work with the committees and Titus' goal of education and outreach of the public. Um, the museum is very interested in being a key player in an outdoor arts program or other outdoor public programs related to sustainability. Um, <clears throat> I've spoken to a couple of you about this already. Um, the ferries can be a particularly exciting way to showcase the sustainability efforts, and the Treasure Island Museum looks forward to being part of the team that flushes out what happens design-wise on the ferries. Um, as Aaron mentioned, and I think it's come up a couple of times um, already today, uh, the museum is um, pleased to announce an upcoming online exhibit about the relationship of sea level rise and Treasure Island. Um, the focus of the exhibit is how history has shaped Treasure Island's relationship with sea level rise, how redevelopment of Treasure Island seeks to mitigate sea level rise, and how does Treasure Island's redevelopment plan address the unique sea level rise related issues of the island, including the issues faced by its current and future community. The site will draw upon documents from a variety of sources, including One Treasure Island, Moffat and Nichols Engineering, TIDA, TIGD, NOAA, and, um, and climate, climate scientists. The island's Life Learning Academy and the uh, San Francisco Exploratorium are also participating in the site's development. Um, with its educational aspects, this education, will, this ed exhibit will help TIDG in its efforts in obtaining its Platinum LEED certification. Um, an exceptional team from Parsons School of Design in New York City is handling the design and implementation of the exhibit. Funding for the exhibit comes from the San Francisco Historic Preservation Fund. The exhibit is expected to be up online by May and to expand the impact of the exhibit. And as part of the museum's monthly lecture series, we will have several related lectures. And as Aaron said, he will be one of our lecturers. So that's very exciting. Um, the museum intends to publicize the website and lecture programs throughout the Bay Area. 
Thank you for letting me explain all that. Thank you. And there are no more callers. Public comment is now closed. Item number four, discussion of future agenda items. And there are a number of uh, ideas that came up during the last presentation, um, but I also had, uh, you know, a, a list that I had been uh, preparing in terms of planning for future uh, meetings. So I'll just put that up on the screen uh, to help stimulate conversation. But these are are just some of the ideas that um, I had for future topics. Um, but welcome guidance from the board on on. Uh, other topics or priorities? It's blank. It, it should be coming up. Okay. You, you see it now? Yes. Yeah, sorry, it was a, a bit of a lag there. So um, I'd mentioned sea level rise adaptation strategies. Um, uh, Director Prochnik brought up uh, electric vehicle charging. Um, Faye mentioned updating the the uh, sustainability plan, the 2011 sustainability plan. Um, Linda, you mentioned equity and inclusion. Yes. Um, and and uh, there's also a discussion of the the green building standards for vertical development, but. Uh, Welcome any discussion. Uh, you know, Bob, I think so many of these tie into um, uh, the governor's um, biodiversity efforts in the 30 by 30 plan. It'd be nice to see if there is a state tie-in. Um, you know, I'm also thinking about possible funding opportunities. Um, maybe you've already thought of these things, but it'd be nice to uh, look at the, at the state level where these are congruent um, and where it sort of checks those boxes. And building on that, I, I would um, maybe look to see a crosswalk, like a matrix that shows San Francisco's requirements to meet our environmental goals and net zero, and then what the state has and how Treasure Island's exceeding it, meeting it, or in works. It's a great idea. Great teamwork, Bob. It's a great list. Yeah. We can always add more, but this is great to start with. And I think all these topics are ones that we can dive into. So this is a great list to have. Um, and it ensures that we're going to have robust committee meetings going forward. Um, no, terrific. I would also like to maybe add a, another bullet point because we heard public comment, just keep a kind of a, a living point of updates from comments public or, or the community. And, you know, as mentioned, tie in art and maybe it, it's on your parks. Um, yeah, this is a great list. Thank you. Terrific. Okay, well, I've, I've been taking notes, so I'll, uh, I'll update this and, and, and work with Director Kwan uh, on, on agendas for future meetings as, as we go forward. Good. Hey, sorry, Bob, one, one more clarifying question. Is the DOE on this list, Department of Energy, the U.S. Department of Energy or local or? Uh, sorry, the, the, uh, that's the San Francisco Department of Environment. They're working on a, a climate action plan policy document uh, for the entire city. Right. Okay. Thank you. So that would be the good one to maybe piggyback or criss crisscross. Yeah. Like a checklist. Okay. Thanks. If there are no more comments, then uh, next item is to adjourn the meeting. Move to adjourn. I don't think it needs a second. <laughs> great, great meeting. Good start of the new year, and um, and looking forward to future committee meetings. 
Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Thank, Thank you all. Yeah. I know. Really appreciate it. Thanks.